Good afternoon, good afternoon. This is the lovely podcast, God's Holy Word. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and this is episode two, or episode three, actually, I think. Episode three. Um, we are looking at the goodness of God, and we are going to take a look at some more scriptures, some more verses from Psalm 106. This is a long one, this entire psalm, but it is... full of the goodness of God and it's really full of the history of our ancestors within the Judeo-Christian heritage and our faith and our faith walk with Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and get started here. And I'm going to start from verse 6 and read down to verse 12. So it says, "We have sinned even as our ancestors did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles." They did not remember your many kindnesses and they rebelled by the sea the red sea yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known he rebuked the red sea and it dried up he led them through the depths as through a desert he saved them from the hand of the foe from the hand of the enemy he redeemed them the waters covered their adversaries not one of them survived then they believed his promises and sang his praise The first thing that jumped out at me was they gave no thought to your miracles. One of the things that I am reminded of with this is that we need to make a list of all the good things that God has done in our lives because sometimes we forget the good the goodness of God. We forget the many things that he's done in our life. And I call it the Rolodex of goodness in my head. You know, I always try to remember what all God has done for me. because I know like I'm 37 right now but I know that he did good things for me even when I was a child as a teenager in my 20s so whenever God does something it doesn't matter if it's little or big it's important and I write it down and I make a list of everything that I know came from God it wasn't just by happenstance it wasn't by accident it was the goodness of God but you see here's the thing the Hebrews the Israelites they they took no thought to the goodness of God in this particular passage in that particular time and i think it's because they got frustrated with their life and they were still living in that slave mentality you know your mind matters because your mind tends to dictate your heart and the actions of your soul so it's important to put the good things of god at the forefront of your mind so that way when bad stuff does happen or hardships happen or things take place that you did not expect that won't discourage you because you will know that God will get you out of that bad situation and he is going to continue to bless you but unfortunately for the israelites they did not keep in front of them all the good things that God had done so even though he freed them from egypt he punished pharaoh put all these plagues upon egypt got them out of egypt with gold and silver and all these treasures and then parted the red sea for them It's like they got so frustrated that they just completely forgot the wonderful things that God did for them and they these things were miracles. These were not just little acts of kindnesses. These were mighty powerful acts of God that they were they were so frustrated in their in their slave and victimized mentality that it's like it's it's as almost as if they forgot that they were no longer slaves. Cuz sometimes You know there are different types of slavery. There's physical slavery, bondage, labor, that kind of thing, but then there's mental slavery. 
meaning what are you allowing yourself to be enshackled to because sometimes it is our perception and it's our negative thought process that is holding us back like you know let's say for example you work at a job and you may not like your boss or your employees or you know you may not like your coworker but what matters is your mindset and your attitude like i can think of jobs that i didn't particularly enjoy but i always tried to find at least one thing and if it was only one thing i could enjoy about my job and that i appreciated about my job then that was the only thing i would focus on i did not want to focus on the negativity <clears throat> because when you focus on the negativity you're not going to see the goodness of god you're not going to see the many blessings that he's given you and has bestowed upon you and you're not going to notice the blessings that are coming your way the other thing that got my attention was <clears throat> your many kindnesses the entire verse or this sentence right here is they did not remember your many kindnesses you know god does so many things for us that we don't realize that he's done you know for example if i'm driving to work and i make it there in one piece it it would be very easy to forget that hey god got me from point a to point b without being harmed or hurt and to just be appreciative of that like that's one of the many acts of kindnesses because there there are many different types of blessings that God can bestow upon us sometimes there are these mighty acts like parting the red sea other times it's making sure that we get to our next destination other times you know we might be at the grocery store and you know they might be out of a product but then out of nowhere it appears on the other shelf you know things like that i mean it's just something simple like that that God takes care of us and he provides for us So just know that nothing is by accident. Nothing is just by luck. It is by the goodness of God. And when we acknowledge those goodnesses of God, then we realize that that we are being taken care of and we don't need to worry about anything. You see because if you're not focusing on the goodness of God, what are you focusing on? You're focusing on the bad things. And the bad things don't lead you forward. They pull you back. They enslave you. They entrap you. That's what this is referring to here. And then in verse 8, the thing that really got my attention was yet he saved them for his name's sake. The thing I underlined was yet he saved them. So God knows they were not thinking correctly about him and he knew that they were frustrated at him even though they had no reason to be. They had no reason to be frustrated or to be irritated with God. But yet he saved them. Even though he knew they were making mistakes He didn't like what they were saying or doing. He saved them anyway. Because that is the love and kindness of our heavenly Father. You see, he doesn't save us or help us based on our merits and our actions. And thank goodness for that because we would probably never be saved at all if it was solely based on us. So here we see that it is all about God. Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known. So God didn't save his people just because they were his people. He saved them because it's for his name's sake and he is almighty God. See, cuz here's the thing, the reason why he didn't just save them because they were his people was that there was going to come a time when he knew that his only begotten son was going to come to earth and he was going to die for all humanity. And if we accept the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts, and we repent of our sins and go to God then we are part of God's family we we are his people we are his chosen people but back in old testament times the only chosen people were the hebrews and the israelites which are technically the same people the same race but 
You see, the reason why it says, yet he saved them for his name's sake. You know, we are very, I want to say lucky, but, you know, we should be appreciative that, that God didn't save them just because they were the Israelites or something. He saved them because of his love for humanity, and, all, and that includes all of us, all of mankind. See, we forget that the reason why the Israelites were God's chosen people was because they were one of the few populations on the entire face of the earth that, that were not pagan. And God made a covenant with them. But now we are in the year 2021. You know, we have multiple and many groups of people that are not pagan, that are Christians, but they're not necessarily Israeli or Hebrew. You know, there might be people like you and me, and I don't know what you are, but I know that I'm Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian. My ancestors are French and Irish. But because I'm in the family of Almighty God, because I have been brought into God's family, that also makes me one of his children. So technically, that makes us Hebrew and an and Israelite, technically. Even though it's not within our physical bloodline, it is within our spiritual bloodline because we are in God's holy family. We are his chosen ones and he guards and protects us. And so we are included in that covenant even 2,000 years later. This would actually be more than 2,000 years later. But my point is this, is that God knew that you and I were going to be a part of his family many years down the road. So that's why he included and talked about not only just the Israelites here, but there is a foreshadowing of us coming into, into existence. That's how much God loves us, because he knows and sees everything. And that is such a blessing to us right there. The next thing that got my attention was in verse 9, where it says, He led them through the depths as through a desert. And I underlined, the first thing I underlined with that one was, He led them through. I think sometimes we forget that when we're walking, that... God is leading us somewhere. And that even though it may not be the journey that we want, and we may be a little uncomfortable, God has not forgotten us. He is leading us where we need to go, where we need to be. So just know that regardless of whether you're going through a desert or a wilderness or a jungle or maybe a lush green field, whatever your surroundings, God is leading you, but you have to follow him. You have to answer that call. Because if you don't answer that call on your life, then you're technically not going to be led through where you need to go. Because if you're not following his voice and his voice alone, then you're not going to be on the right path. Even though he will try and get you where you need to be. You know, just because you get off path or you take the wrong turn, that doesn't mean that you can't ever get to God. That, that you can't ever... Get back in alignment with his holy word. See, that's the great thing about God. That's the great thing about our Heavenly Father. Is that even when we make the wrong turn, he is still there for us. And he will get us where we need to be. But we just need to remember that he is constantly leading us. Meaning, he is before us. He has us covered on all sides. He's in front of us, behind us, to the side, to the right, to the left. You know, he guards and protects all of us. And our, and our entire person. But, you know, we are following him. He is leading us. We're not leading him. Because even though we were made in the image of God, we are not God. Because, again, we are the creation. We are not the creator. And what a blessing it is to be created. Because when you are created, 
that is one of the first acts of kindness and love towards us is is to be in existence that's why human life is such a treasure and it's so valuable big time because no one is duplicated you know we're not robots we're not drones even twins are not exactly the same they have their own dna they have their own fingerprints footprints their own laugh their own personality So that tells me that we for sure are unique and even twins they will have their own path that they each need to take. And that is very important big time to know what your path is and realize where God wants you to go. And the way that you realize where you need to go is you take it up in prayer and you rely on God and only God to guide you in that wisdom because our own human understanding will not cut the bread and spread the butter as they say. Like it's a I guess it's a good start and maybe it brings us comfort to try and figure things out on our own, but I can think back to so many times in my life where I was just trying to figure something out, trying to figure something out over and over again and it didn't dawn on me till way later way later when I completely failed at something that hey, I could have asked God for help in that situation, but I didn't because I wanted to try and handle it in my own human understanding. And so I realized that, you know, when I go to God with everything, that doesn't mean I'm weak and inferior and just lower than dust. It, that's not it at all. It means I'm chosen to go to God. And I choose to go to God because I'm one of his daughters. You know, technically when you are a believer in Christ, you are anointed. God will give you a special anointing whatever you need in your life. He will he will give that to you and he will anoint you with purpose and with a calling that is specifically for you that will fulfill your destiny within your lifetime. And that is super important to remember that because that affects how you think about yourself. Like if you know that you are destined for great things, then you don't let little things deter you or get you down in the dumps. Like you don't get frustrated as easily. But when you don't think you're worth much, you are constantly pissed off, excuse me, irritated about every little thing. Because you're allowing all these slings and arrows to hit your heart and to affect your self-esteem when God said, "No. Hold up your shield. Keep walking through the desert, but have that shield up." Because look at this way, whatever shield you have, it is nothing compared to the huge shield that is in front of you and behind you and it's provided to you by God's holy word because he loves you. The next verse, the thing that I underlined is he saved them. It says he saved them from the hand of the foe. So even though the Israelites were not um the most dedicated people, they were pretty fickle, I would say. If you look at their behavior pattern and how um frustrated they were, because i think i mean i wasn't there but just by what i've read in the bible and my interpretation of this of their history is that it it just kind of seems like the israelites they thought that when they were free from egypt that god would just magically transport them to the promised land and it would just be all roses and ivory that was not it at all technically they could have reached the promised land i think in like 11 or 12 days but because they kept making mistakes it took over 40 years so god was pruning them along along the way 
So I look at it this way. If if I do what God wants me to do, then I'm going to get to my destination a lot quicker than if I try and constantly figure out in my own human understanding. Because the last thing I want to do is make my journey longer and more miserable. Because it's not God that makes our journey longer or 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 more miserable. Now, different denominations within Christianity will say that God does that, but that's a lie straight out of the depths of hell. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say that God purposely just irritated people. It was their choices that caused that. Because when you fall out of the goodness of God and you fall out of alignment, that's where those problems occur. Because you're having a cause and effect. You know, like for example, if you have an apple tree in your backyard, and you've got these apples on your tree, and the wind blows, and these these apples are ripe and they're ready to fall, what is the cause and effect of the wind blowing up against those apples? The cause and effect is the wind blew, and therefore the apple fell from the tree onto the ground. Like there's a cause and effect to everything, whether it's that or gravity or, you know, having a car wreck or maybe a good cause and effect is. Hey, you you went to school, you you completed your degree, and you applied for the best job ever, and you got the job because you got the right degree to get that job. Like that's a cause and effect as well, a positive one. But you know there are a lot of cause a cause and effect realities within our lives, and sometimes when it comes to spiritual cause and effect, sometimes we miss the mark because we're such physical beings. We expect things to be black and white, yes and no. And I'm very much like that in so many things, but when you grow in your faith and you understand more of God's holy word by diving into the holy word, then you realize that your spiritual walk—it's—it's it's black and white, yes and no in terms of God's holy law, but it's so far beyond that because God's goodness is more than just an apple from a tree. It's more than just a good job. Like there are so many riches and treasures that God wants to bestow on us, but we have to have our heart open to Him. And one of the ways that we have our heart open to Him is when we follow Him through the desert, through the wilderness, getting to our destination, without bickering, without fighting, without doubting. And that is probably one of the toughest things: is to not doubt. But even so, it says right here, He saved them from the hand of the foe, because God's promises are true. You know, we might be fickle in our actions and in our beliefs, but you know, you can take it to the bank that God's promises are true because His covenants are forever, and He means what He says and He says what He means. So look at it this way: even when you and I make mistakes, God still loves us. He hasn't forgotten our His promises to us, and He's not going to decline or renege on His on His side of the deal, on His side of the covenant, because it's technically. A spiritual contract between us and our heavenly Father, and it's founded on love and the grace that He bestows on us, as the heavenly Father does and will do because of His love for us. The next thing I underline in verse ten, because it goes on to say, He saved them from the hand of the foe, from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed them. That is very interesting. So, so not only did He save them, He redeemed them. To redeem in this respect means to lift up out of the pit. So even though he knew they were a fickle people, they had made a lot of mistakes. He didn't just save them; he redeemed them, and that's out of his love for his people. 
mean, if that's not the goodness of God, I don't know what is. Because look at it this way, like you can make a mistake. You can repent, go to God, be reconciled. And look at it this way, not only are you saved from your sins, but God is going to redeem you from your sins. So not only is the slate wiped clean basically, you are lifted up. And also lifted up to a higher calling and to a more blessed life because that's God's goodness for you. Like God doesn't judge us and rebuke us the way some people do. Where it's like if you make a mistake, I'm not going to forgive you and if I do forgive you, our relationship is ruined. I'm never going to treat you like a real person ever again. You're never going to experience my goodness ever ever again because of what you did. That's how some people act and behave. And sometimes within Christianity, which is a total slap in the face to our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Because we are not called to live that way. When we are in communion with Christ, when we are in fellowship with other believers, we are called to be Christ-like. Christ-like means to be a vicar of Christ, whether you are male or female. When you believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and you are walking with Christ, you are a vicar of Christ. There is not a single part in the Bible where it says that anyone a follower of Christ is supposed to condemn his brother or condemn his his brother or sister. No, 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 no. We're supposed to help lift each other up. We're supposed to forgive and then help pick them up. In the same way, but in a way more powerful way, the Lord does that with us. And he and he does that here with the Israelites who really irritated him multiple times. That's why they were in the desert for so long. It was because it, it's it's almost like they would understand God and then they would they would turn their back on him. It's kind of like a little kid having a hissy fit at a Toys R Us, which I don't think a Toys R Us is around anymore. I think they went bankrupt. It was a huge toy store. They were so neat. Really popular in the 80s and 90s. But um you know, it's almost like the Israelites were these little kids, these little toddlers. God would give them what they want, but then they would want another toy. But then when they when they were trying to get the other toy, other toy, they were forgetting the toy that they had been given. Meaning they had not put in front of their mind all the miracles and kindnesses that God had already done for them because if you don't keep track of the good things in your life then you forget the good things in your life and that's what caused separation between the Israelites and God and he was trying to teach them hey the only way you're going to remember that I'm your God is to literally remember me in all things In good times and in bad, that means remember me in all things. And they were forgetting to remember him. Something as basic as that. And they knew that they were God's chosen people. They knew they had been freed because of God, but yet they were forgetting his goodness and his love towards them. The next thing I like is in verse 11 where it says the waters covered their adversaries. You know, I think oftentimes we forget that our adversaries they are not more powerful than us because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world when you know who you are in Christ Jesus you're not going to be fearful you're not going to have worry and you're not going to have doubt and here we see the waters covered their adversaries meaning their adversaries didn't get to lay a hand on them not a finger not a toenail nothing 
They didn't even get to yell insults at them. God wiped them out. He wiped out their adversaries. You're know, in the same way in our day and age. God can can deal with your enemies. He'll deal with them in his own way. And it's not for us to take care of that. And plus also, we technically don't have the power to deal with our adversaries the way that God the way that God can and that he does. So if you've got a tough situation, you know, just remember this verse here, the waters covered their adversaries, not one of them survived. And it goes on to say in verse 12, then they believed his promises and sang his praise. You know, sometimes we forget that just because we have an adversary that doesn't mean that things aren't going great. And also, we need to remember that God can handle our adversaries way better than us. That doesn't mean that we cower or whimper or become a doormat or that we don't handle situations. That doesn't mean that we just back off and go, "Oh God, I'll let you take care of everything. I'm just going to sit here and drink my lemonade by the pool." No, 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 no. You still continue to walk in faith in the goodness of God. But it's just important to remember that your adversaries, God can swat them like a fly. You know, for example, you know, let's say you're at a job that you hate. And let's say someone, let's say a fellow coworker got your promotion and they did not deserve it. Let's say they lied about a project you guys worked on and they got the raise and the promotion that you did not. The way that God will cover your adversary will be that he will promote you above and beyond your adversary. Like you will get a completely different promotion and make way more money. So that promotion that you missed out on, don't worry about it because God's going to get you an even better one. That's how God deals with our adversaries. Not only does he he uh, he get us what we're supposed to have, he propels us into our future with his blessings. which is why you need to keep track of all the good things that have happened in your life. You know, if we can make a journal of the things that we can't stand in life, then we can make a journal of things that we do love in life and know that it is because of the goodness of God that we have these things and because of God's love for us. You know, I kind of look at it as like the stock market. You know, if you are investing in the stock market, How often do you generally look at your stocks to see how they're doing? If you're a smart business person, you check them out every day. But if you're not, you know, really caring about your future, then you just let it slide. You maybe check it once a week, once a month, and then it feels like you're not really getting ahead. Well, the reason why you feel like you're not getting ahead is because number 1, you're not, and number 2, you're not keeping track of the good things going on in your financial portfolio. Because if you're not checking the status of that of your financial future, then your financial future is in jeopardy. It's the same thing with our spiritual future, with with the future of our soul. If we're not taking stock of the good things going on in our life, then we're not going to see the improvement of the value of our spiritual life and our spiritual walk with Christ. You know, a good example of that is the New Testament with uh St. Paul. You know, um St. Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament, I think like a third of it if not more. And you know, 
let's say, for example, he didn't do his due diligence and didn't write all these books and didn't write all these early Christians in the beginning of Christianity. You know, let's say, for example, he didn't um, tell them about the goodness of God and didn't tell them about how much Jesus loves them and how much he, he how much Jesus wants them to have a good life and that they do have a place in heaven. See, if you don't keep track of things, you lose track of it. So if Paul, if St. Paul had not done what he was called to do, we wouldn't have the New Testament. But because he did do what he was called to do, we have the New Testament. Like the Bible, not only is it God's holy word and it's a living, breathing document, but it's also historical. It's historical data. It, it's, it's almost like a, a living documentary, if that makes sense, because it is a living, breathing word because it's the holy word of God. Because the Holy Word of God is not dead, is very much alive. And it's very much alive in our hearts if we choose to let it grow there. But in the same token, this is almost like a live documentary that even though it's taking place in the past, it still affects our future because we are in God's holy family. We're not just in the human family. We're in God's holy family. And because we are in God's holy family, we have access to this covenant that God created with his chosen people. Because now we are God's chosen people. So it's good to know where you stand in your life and, and where you stand with God. You know, there, there might be some people listening that you're not sure where you stand with God. Well, the first thing you can do is go to God and just... Talk to him like we are right now. Have a good conversation with him. And just ask him what he what he wants for your, you know, what he wants you to do in your life. And what can you do to help in this world? And he will guide you. You know, there are times I've asked God, you know, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I just don't know anymore. Sometimes I've been really frustrated. And you know what? God always answers me. He always hears our prayers. He always provides guidance. And I love that because it's always the best advice. And whatever he says or speaks to our hearts, it's always intentional. And it's always individual. And what I mean by that is that he always intends to give you intentional advice and guidance. But on an individualistic basic or basis because we are individuals, but yet we are part of one family. It's kind of like, um, like I've heard of people that have you know, multiple kids. Let's say you have three kids and you have the middle child, right? Oftentimes the middle child will feel neglected. Well, when you're in God's holy family, not a single person is neglected. It doesn't matter what number you are to God because to God you're not a number, you're a person. So just know that the goodness of God does apply to you and it directly applies to your life. Because God loves you, always has and always will. So, well, that is it for today's lovely podcast. I pray that you enjoyed it. And so until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
words I speak So it's only left to ask It's changed to quite a task From the smallest depths Waves transform the earth Don't let this world go down without a fight 